man, we gotta get this together. We gotta take control or we're never gonna get out of control. All that proper conduct is a con too heavy to bear. I've heard tell the truth will set you free. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. You gotta find the sin within and let the game begin. If you wanna jump and shout, you gotta let that devil out. You gotta let that devil, let that devil, let that devil out. Henry Rollins, everybody. Rollins Band. What's up? It's Brooks. It's episode 88. Yes, that's 88 of 100. And this is Off on the Good Foot. Yo, Henry's so, so awesome. Chris is going to tell you all about him today. That's, he's going to be a, a prime feature of the show. But when I was listening to that song, I noticed the drums. I loved the drum line going on behind there. The snare, the little hi-hat. This is this is this is great. I've been spending more time lately. If I may indulge just a little bit before we get Chris on. If I may indulge just a little bit. I've been spending a lot more time with drumsticks in my hands. A friend of mine named Mike, Mike the Schwartz, owner of Music Fit Records, producer extraordinaire, podcast producer extraordinaire, musician extraordinaire, former Canadian national team speed skater the dude in fact he told me an incredible story just this evening you know this is a great place to start he told me a story just this evening this guy is so good at so many things he told me a story about we had i got him a slice of coconut cream pie as a thank you for a for what ended up being just a rough a rough spot said man thanks for being so cool let me get you let me get you some get you some pie he was like yeah that's great and he saw the coconut cream pie, and he said, when we have this later, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. And he went on to tell me about this epic tale about how he ended up on a trip to Hawaii winning a random pie-eating contest where he had to eat coconut cream pie. And he beat some huge Samoan guys to finish the pie. And it was such an indulgence. This is the first time he was having coconut cream pie since that day. It was awesome. This dude, he, so he's a drummer, right? And so he was like, yo, you seem to have, you seem to get timing and you get you get the feel. Like, have you ever drummed before? And I was like, nah, you know, I've, I've always like drummed with my hands on the, you know, batted on the, on the desk, keep a little beat on my leg. But I've never like thought to put sticks in my hand and start to learn how to drum. And I know Chris is a drummer and he talked about how he was pretty good. And he even uh, got on rock band and stuff. And so Mike encouraged me to do some drumming. And he gave me some basic drills you know, I like to train, man. So I, you know, give me the drills. I'll do them. I'll make it part of my routine and all that. Fucking Coach Brooks, goddammit. And so I start, I've been I've been tapping away. I've been getting the the single stroke, the double stroke, and the diddle, man. I'm I'm going for it. And now when I hear music, I just I, I feel that rhythm differently and I, I envision myself drumming. And so yeah, it's pretty cool. Just thought I'd like to share that. 
Now, I would like to share that. So what are we doing today? Well, I've said this so many times before, and I'm going to keep saying it. And, and, and if you believe me, great. Just You're going to keep hearing me say it. If you don't believe me, I'm going to keep saying it. I do not. Surprise, surprise. I do not plan ahead on this show. I've listened to Chris's catalog multiple times. There are stories that he tells that I remember and log away in my brain, and I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. That's, like, that's a Chrisism. And on the last episode, I talked about the tacos. And if you knew Chris, you knew the story about, quote-unquote, smoking the taco. He said you could, you know, uh, he, he, he was out on a meditation or whatever, and he, and he was out smoking a ta- taco. And I have my, I told you, I found a new way to, to eat tacos, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, and it's, and it's in a bag, you can have taco in a bag, a volcano, guys. So if you're, if you're reading between the lines, guys, go look up a volcano. If you want to know what I'm talking about, here's what it sounds like. You got a little, it's a plastic bag. That's nice. And you can have your tacos. So I was like, oh, I got the bag, so I'll make the taco reference, right? Well, surprise, surprise, Chris is going to tell the taco story in this damn episode. I'm not kidding. I had no idea that the taco episode was next, and here we are. It's episode 88, it's off on the good foot, and Chris is about to tell you about a taco, man. As you might imagine, there's lessons built in, and he's going to tell you about the taco. So I'll see you on the other side. Actually, actually, wait, wait, wait. I will see you on the other side, but I I got to set my boy up, dude. I got to set him up. Last episode, Chris gave his last show in Memphis, man. It's a it was a big step. Big step for him to move, and now he's in SoCal. And it's been about 3 months since he's done an episode, so he's you know, he's going to get he's going to get warmed up. He's going to do his Chris thing, but the energy behind this episode is again still He's, he's in this huge expansion emotionally. Huge expansion emotionally. He's, he's wanted to do this, and he's mentioned it many times. The uh, Going to New Zealand, not working out. Trying to get into PhD programs. Like, he had always wanted to move. Something had come up. And now he's finally ready to embrace the California lifestyle. So let's see how it goes for him. I thought tonight, I'm, I'm a little bit rusty, <laughs> coming off the bench, man. I haven't podcasted in a while, solo at least, right? We're doing that little barbell shrug gig, but haven't done a get change in a while. Been a bad boy. But I got a story for all that. But we're starting with, with the fundamentals tonight, and for me, that's Henry. And I'm also ending with a nice little Henry thing tonight. A, a little video blurb that ties the journey we will go on together nicely, I think. Uh, but I'll start with the obvious thing. Chris, where you been, man? What you been up to? Well... I just wrapped up a big thing, I guess, uh, as of, I guess, what, three weeks ago. Um, I'm now an official resident here in sunny Encinitas, California. That's right, in the San Diego area. I now join <laughs> my Barbell Shrug Brothers, CTP, and Doug, and uh, Mike Bledsoe here. And it's so far surreal and awesome and fantastic. I do somehow think that they're going to come up here like any day now and like ask me again what I do for a living and like, request that I kindly leave before any trouble gets caused. I mean, right now they might be looking out their windows like, 
the new neighbor with all that stuff in his garage, the one that does the grunting and he has those weird lights. Like he's, he's just talking into a microphone. Really? Yeah. Just by himself. <laughs> but no, this is the first, this is the first podcast from California, man. This is surreal. Like I look back on like where this little show and the other show has led me <clears throat> and what we got going on here. It's really surreal. Like I said, I just moved out of Memphis, Tennessee and that's where the show, that's where our everything, that's where I in fact started. Uh, just 34 years ago, you know, Baptist Memorial East Hospital. It's a long, interesting story, but the podcasting part was so surreal, man. Like, quite literally, I don't want to like go off on a weird rant. Well, I will, because that's what I do professionally now. This is sort of my job, and there's no one here to stop me on my podcast. But yeah, just just having something to say and having an experience that you think you might share and that might benefit other people, and and spitting that out into a microphone and keeping it up once a week for three years. In this case, led a group of four friends from Memphis, Tennessee to sunny SoCal. In this case, I'm talking to you from well, five minutes from the beach. Uh, and that's really surreal as fuck. I don't have to say about it. <clears throat> I mean, I can say thank you for everybody who has listened and given us the opportunity. We still got to work incredibly hard to keep making awesome stuff and creating awesome opportunities. I mean, we came here to do awesome stuff. Like I said, the new Barbell Shrugged headquarters is now here. And we came here to do awesome things. And I guess that's the question really I've been asking myself, like now that I've completed this move, now what, like what can I, the lessons can I take out of it? Cause like a, as they say, you know, well, I've heard it before, like that everybody has like three big uh, careers in their life or big, three big chapters. And certainly with me leaving my hometown now, uh, that's one chapter closing. And this is a huge second one opening. I mean, I'm doing the classic thing here, man. You know, the, the classic artist, loudmouth writer guy, whatever I want to call myself. I'm in California, I can call myself whatever I want now, right? But I've done the classic cliche thing and I've saddled up everything I've got and driven westward in search of my muse, my brand new voice, my the new best ideas that might like create the next waves of change just for me and for my family and maybe people who hear them. So that's exciting as hell. But what I thought I'd start with is the actual move itself because it's wild and it's sort of where I, what I we're going to start tonight's show when it's like all the, the wild changes. Like I said, I've never really, as weird as it is, I'm 34 now, which I know, I know you look at me like, Chris, you look so young and like pure and you know, all you know, okay. Yes. I'm 34. And like, this is the first time I ever moved out of my hometown, which seems strange, at least to me, like, and I had all these opportunities and you know, looking back on it, there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas and maybes. And what if that thing worked out? Like, uh, all the PhD programs or, or other schools I could have gone to and other jobs I could have taken or could have bailed on this thing and went with that thing. <laughs> but yeah, this was the first time it actually worked out. And like all the little pieces in hindsight all clicked together in a really interesting way to create this opportunity. And I knew I had to take it. And this was the right time and the perfect time, not the easy time though. Like it's exciting as hell to come across the opportunity, like changing your life radically for a new job, a new you know, a whole different trajectory, right? Which is definitely what this is. This is sort of like, I had a burn the b boat moment, burn the boat, <laughs> a burn the boat moment last year when I quit my job and like committed to doing this full time, but, but cutting all the remaining ties and burning the next boat, which is leaving behind the whole geographical area you've called home. It's another layer. It's like a full commitment. Like you're saying to the universe, you won't get hippie about it, that I really am behind 100% what I'm pursuing now. I'm moving out. I'm, I'm all in. How much more all in could you be than to devote your whole life and everything you've got to it? Commit cost-wise and 
and the other things, which like, <clears throat> if you've moved, which most people have, you know the disruption it causes. Another reason why I've been a little silent, which sucks, but I figured it was a good thing because I think this is like the first maybe good lesson to show is that even if you're really excited about something that's happened in your life, anytime there's like a, uh, a serious event, serious enough where it kind of displaces and turns over your routines and your little rituals and your habits and like your everyday little, little things you do, you know, anytime that happens, I think it's really, really a good idea to cut away anything that is like unessential. And that could be things you really want to do, things that would really be fun and awesome to do or really challenging and rewarding to do or whatever. But you know, in my case, there's a lot of things that I need to do because it just has to be done. So that, that's just no question. You're going to do that. Core work activities, no matter how busy you're going to do, you're going to do that. Uh, basic workout to keep yourself tuned and strong, you're going to do that. Um, and anytime uh, that's bonus, you try your best to give that to family and whatnot. But in this case, the rest of it's packing boxes and like dragging your crap literally all the way across the country. But one practical lesson I've learned, even though how I'm so hard-headed, sometimes it takes years upon years upon years to do this. But this time I actually proactively did it, and I feel better for it. Like in times like this, you have to like aggressively and, and uh, consciously scale down things. People are always interested in and adding to their life. And when things change, they want to get things, I'm guilty of this a little too, but get things back to normal and even amplified and boosted forward as fast as possible. And really, I think we're always a little bit guilty of underestimating just how sort of uh, disruptive big change can be. Even what's exciting and awesome, because like, even a really pleasing, exciting, novel stress is a stress. And it throws off everything. Like I said, anything powerful enough to throw you off your normal day is powerful enough to have a recovery demand. So you gotta be careful with that, right? So that's the first thing. The pro tip is like when you're gonna do something like move, even if you really wanna do a bunch of shit, you probably should say no more often. I don't wanna just talk about the obvious stupid uh, downsides of moving because everybody's experienced that, but let me get to the, like, the upsides of this move, the inspiration part. Like I said, I came here in a typical like cliche way to find amusing all and to be inspired by just different surroundings. And let me tell you, I got being like five minutes from the shore is a dream come true, especially if you're like me and you spent most of your working career up to this point. Like, I don't, I, again, I don't know about you, but I had like many a beach vacation cut way short because I had like three fucking scant like vacation days. That's all I could like take off from work, you know, typical busy corporate gig. And just as you're like slipping into that beach groove, you know, the feeling of like having to pick up and go home before you're really ready to. And I'm now happy to say, <clears throat> it's like a dream come true that I don't have to do that shit anymore because I'm just five minutes from shore. Uh, like I said, it's, it seems like too good of a thing. Like they're going to kick me out, but so far I'm loving it. So the other morning I drive down the five minutes to shore. I, I drive down through Lacadia to the D Street area, a place called Moonlight Beach, which is particularly like fantastically dope. Ideal SoCal beach vibe. And just the kind of place you want to go when you're kind of wanting to go take a walk and come up with ideas, right? Like I said, I'm, I'm very interested, maybe for selfish reasons, in this whole, like, what am I going to do next thing? Because I made this big transition, made the big move. I'm thinking, like, what will be the next thing? Do I write another book or something? Like, do you want to, like, fuck, man, I even thought about doing, like, spoken gigs. Like, should I go do, like, an open mic thing? Like, just do something wild? I can do that. I'm in California. Why not? Who knows what will come of it? I had the same questions in 2010. I was like, who the fuck cares if I talk into a microphone? Well... Same thing applies now, man. Who knows? I get up on a stage 
in another three, four, five years just doing that thing. Who knows what will happen? But anyway, I go down to the Moonlight Beach area. And I'm walking down there. Uh, and I'm cruising the beach for like a nice little spot to seek inspiration. And it's not too hard. And in this case, I have my options. But I settle on right up the coast. You know, it's pretty awesome. There's like cliffs going right into the shore. And then right as the shore and the cliffs are meeting, I see a little flat, like rocky formation. I get closer and closer. And yeah, I see a flat little rock, kind of like ideal for a meditation situation. You know, you can sit there. The waves are kind of slowly coming up and gently lapping at this stone. It is ideal. I couldn't ask for a more calming situation. So I walk down there. It's five, it's 10 minutes, whatever. And I get on the rock, kind of settle in. Uh, and the sunset is perfect. It's layers and layers of like orange and red and layers of blue and faint clouds and surfers catching waves and, you know, friendly couples walking up and down, dogs barking, bark, bark. This is so fucking awesome with dogs. We're live. All this shit. It's ideal. It's, it's just perfect. I go, what better place, right, to have an idea? I'm here. I'm looking at this thing. I'm soaking up all the ideas and whatnot. I've got my pen and paper. Who knows? I could come up with the next great thing right here. This is my, like, bullshit, uh, over-idealistic way I approach this, <laughs> even though I should know better. But anyway, so here's a point, actually, where the story can take a fun turn. You can choose either outcome. One, I either reached into my pocket and pulled out uh, a nice freshly rolled J, <laughs> Or I had a nice spicy trees taco. In any case, I was seeking inspiration. You can use your imagination as to what I seeked. But there I was, seeking inspiration, trying to light my taco, thinking deeply about what sort of thing I'd pursue next, asking the questions like, you know, kind of not like, not ponderous like Zoolander was doing in the movie Zoolander, pretty ponderous, classic pondering on the shore. Like, not who am I, I know who I am, but like, what do I really want to do now that I'm here in California? And it's, it's only a few minutes, but it's long enough for me to completely like detach and just sort of stare down in the sand. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then just in like this perfect little crisp moment of silence and clarity, almost as the idea would come, a tempting moment, all of a sudden then, two puffs into my taco, literally, a huge crushing wave just fucking, almost just knocks me flat fucking off this rock out of nowhere. It's, just, it's, it's surprising that, yeah, okay, Chris, you're at the beach. You got hit by waves. Is that surprising? Well, I was as surprised as you would be now if you got hit in the fucking face with a giant cold Pacific Ocean wave. It was that classic of like a situation, right? I go, whoa, what the fuck? Knocking me off the rock. I stand up. I pick up my taco. The taco will not light again. The taco was drenched. But in that moment, I couldn't help but laugh because it's such an absurd kind of real life moment. I realized just then how silly it is, Chris, You've been doing this a while. I come up with ideas and stuff. You've been alive long enough to know it doesn't really work like that. You can't like, and you guys know it. You can't just like sit down and make a fucking idea happen. Like, hey, everybody, we're going to sit down and come up with an idea. Or you sit down for like a term paper even. Like, I'm going to make this thing happen, right? And it doesn't happen. There's a lot of frustration. You go, I'm going to come up with the next big idea that's going to set me free for my life, you know? And then you go, mm, I'm thinking as hard as I can. And you get like a, some abdominal pain and some adrenal fatigue maybe. But nothing fucking ever comes out of that shit. You won't ever get, like, an idea out of nowhere. Like, why is that? Even when you know better, why is that? Well, I think I... This will lead to, like, the three points, I think, are a much better way to go about it. Uh, before we get to that, I'll say, I feel the pain, because I can repeat this shit all the time. When you get stuck, it's really hard to get unstuck. Or when you want to rush the development of your life, it's kind of... It's a weird thing to kind of get to a point where you sort of demand the next thing now, which is what you're doing. You're saying like, I want that next idea now. 
show me what I should make universe. Like I'm sitting on a beach all dramatically, but that's how, that's just not how it works. There's a better way. I think displaying, um, well, if you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure what to do, you're staring at a cold black, white page or a cold white page, rather blinking cursor. Nothing's coming to you. I think there's a better way to get out of that space. I told you it's the taco story, man. Classic Chris Moore story. That is, it's moments like that, stories like that, that are the reason in so many ways that the fandom is so high. Like, I'm committed to his message, and I believe in his principles and his values, and I live a lot of them in my own life. But the thing that makes me a fan of Chris is moments like that. The The taco story is just, it's just too good. And, okay, so... I'm going to tell you a little bit about my day. I talked to you about my friend Mike Schwartz at the beginning of the episode. I said we had a bit of a rough patch. So the way that my year has evolved is I created a, a product and service that started mixing with reality. I created the plan, as we would say. And when it started mixing with reality, I started getting feedback. My partner and I got feedback. We started making some changes. We uh, uh, got some inquiries into the corporate space. And then the next thing you know, we've spun off a new corporate side to the company, which has then remolded back into our original uh, private group. And it's just been this nice little ride that we've been on. But now we know who we are and we know what we're going to do in 2023. So I've been in this moment uh, post my father passing where I was in such a driven mode to like get this sorted out that once it was sorted out and I had some time to think, I started really, you know, like, oh shit, what am I going to do next? You know, this is a, this is my own version of a very new chapter in my life. Like, what am I going to do? And I felt like lost for inspiration, very similar to Chris. And so I too scheduled uh, uh, in a way, I scheduled an appointment to receive divine inspiration. Like, that's how it works. And I was going to go hang out with my wife, Hallie, and our buddy, Mike the Schwartz, and we were going to go explore Richmond and take it in and get inspired, you know. So we went down to the James River uh, downtown, and we started walking around. We saw some uh, cool, uh, how would you, mural art we got to do this thing called walking the pipeline and the pipeline is a Richmond's like a big port town. It comes off of the, uh, off the ocean and you get on the James river, you can uh, take it through the city and they have a huge rail line that runs basically like along the river by downtown and underneath it is where they used to pass things like oil. So they have these huge pipelines that you can go and walk on and they have some natural beaches and the James river has some really awesome, uh, white water rapids. I had no idea Richmond had uh, damn near class four rapids on this river. And it's just like right there. You can just go walk by it. It was really cool. And so we're out exploring. We go to this place called Brown's Island. And uh, it's a nice little outdoor park venue. There's lights, uh, nice grass. There's some monuments and statues. People are out playing with their children. Saw some some lads kicking the ball getting our bare feet on, walking in the grass. And 
we noticed uh, there's this place called Potter's Bridge. And so Mike Schwartz, he's from Canada. He's from Calgary. And so he, you know, he doesn't know too much about American history. Like, why, why would he? Uh, he did inform me that the War of 1812, we lost to Canada. Apparently, <laughs> this is very American of us to only remember the wars that we won. But apparently we were in a, a uh, I say apparently, maybe it was allegedly. Allegedly we were in a, a war with Canada and we lost in 1812 they kicked our ass and, and that's what he was telling me about so i was like oh cool we'll educate this dude a little bit on the history of richmond which has a lot of the civil war uh, history running through it and this place called potter's bridge is a really cool uh monument and factual retelling of this moment in time where the uh, union soldiers were able to take over richmond Virginia, which at the time was the capital of the Confederacy, and they were uh, basically burning the city and burning the boats and burning the bridges the Confederates were to basically uh, eliminate the North's ability to either use the resources, chase them, whatever, and you can go and like see the retelling of these events one by one. And so Mike, uh, now I find myself in a conversation with this dude, Mike, and, you know, our friend, he's, he's, you know, I'm now like explaining American history to this guy. Turns out I knew a lot more than I, uh, than I thought about it. And so it's, uh, I had intended to come out and like receive inspiration. Now I'm, I'm giving this guy a history lesson. So long, uh, you know, as we're walking along, I'm thinking, oh, you know, okay, I guess I'm not going to receive my inspiration today. So we finished up our walk where we made this decision and life life happens in moments you know there's a series of, of 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 decisions that i made one was to go visit this neighborhood Shaco bottom and then it was like oh we should go to dinner i love this thai place let's go here and so like, oh yeah we're gonna go to the thai place and i thought you know what given the time we should go home first feed our dogs and then we'll go to the Thai place. And Hallie's like, yeah, babe, that's so responsible. Great job. Mike's like, yeah, that's cool. And so we're on I-65. We're driving to Lakeside, our, our hood. And I'm in, you know, Friday drive-time traffic, which means there's cars to my right, there's cars to my left, and you're doing minimum 60 miles an hour. And we are half a mile from the exit. The cars are needing to merge and I look up, and in the, it's just slightly after dark, there's something in the road. But other cars in front of me had passed over it. And right as I'm pulling up, I realize, oh my god, this is a fucking trailer hitch. A three-knobbed trailer hitch. And I'm driving my poor little VW Jetta. And Boy, oh boy, did we so not go over it. And you hear it clanging at 60 miles an hour under the car. I heard it. I thankfully was not, I was able to keep driving, keep it on the road. I, tur- I slowly merged over to the right and I, and I evaluated underneath. I pulled the thing out and I was what, and there's, it didn't appear that anything was leaking. I was like, whoa, holy shit. That was crazy. My car seems like it's okay. Guys, gals, it wasn't okay. We got home, fed the dogs, and we were like, here we go, Thai food. Can't wait. As soon as I couldn't even make it out of the neighborhood, y'all. 
I had that red oil light. I was like, oh no, this sucks. I took a breath. I read my manual, and it was like, this is not good. So I dropped it off at the body shop, the auto shop, right down the street, made the responsible decision. And instead of getting Thai food, we had to settle for Cary Street Burgers. Now, Cary Street Burgers, on the Lakeside Edition, they do a great job, okay? They're a great burger. It was burger and tots night. I wanted Thai food, but I got burgers and fries instead. And I was pretty bummed out. I'm, I'm in that mode, you know, where you're like, there are people are talking. You, you want to be engaged, but you're just thinking about something else. You're distracted. And the thing that pulled me out of that moment, the thing that pulled me out of the distraction of like, what the hell am I going to do? My car's messed up. She dropped that burger and I had that bite. And food can be its own form of meditation. If you really pull into the senses of, man, when that burger hit for the first time and I followed it up with that tater tot bite, it was magic. And my brain finally relaxed. And all of a sudden, I had the idea. And the idea came to me so beautifully and right on time, right when I had relaxed. And while I'll let the idea simmer, what I will say is, you know, I've been coaching a long time. I've coached a lot of different containers. And the thing that, the thing that I used to love about Chris and the thing about Barbell Shrugged is that as a group, they really did. They felt like a rock band. They traveled. They were on the road. They put on a show. And they really rocked it hard. They loved to use great music. But I've never really seen coaches actually put on concerts. And if I, th- I thought, what if we could make concerts, coach it, co- coaches into rock stars? And I'm looking at my buddy Mike DeSchwartz. This dude actually does make coaches into rock stars. He teaches, he creates their custom sonic sound for their podcasts. And I thought, what if we started really rocking out? And you find, you know, the, the insp- serious fun I'm, I'm realizing is going to have a very, very fun 2023. We're going to bring the heat. And we're going to have a hell of a good time. And even when... Life slaps you in the face with a wave or even when you drive over a fucking trailer hitch on the interstate. When you <laughs> you find inspiration in the strangest places. And God, I want another burger and fries. So I prefer not to rely simply on uh, mechanical inspiration because I tried to set myself up for inspiration. Similar to Chris, he's going out for the meditation. He's trying to, I'm trying to have the moment. I tried to have the moment. It didn't work out. I ended up making decisions. I ended up jacking up my car. And it was when I quit trying to make the decision that the, that these ideas come to me, right? Come, come to anybody. But there's definitely a more systematic approach towards what happens when we're experiencing moments in our life, when it just, doesn't, the ideas just don't seem to click. 
when the inspiration just doesn't seem to be there. There's got to be a better way. And what Chris is going to do to close out this show, I've definitely given my two cents and my part today. What Chris is going to give you to close the show is three tips for how you can work yourself out of those moments when it's, yeah, just looking at the blank screen. That's all for me this week. Thank you, guys. Please enjoy Chris Moore, the great Barbell Buddha. I'll start with uh, point number one, very dramatically. Oh, Chris, what will point number one be? I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, other the key thing, and it's something I've had to re- tell myself a lot, like in the last year or so, at times when I've struggled to make something that I really thought was sort of worth making, right? Uh, but the key thing you can always do when you're not sure is to focus on experience. Like the great thing about moving someplace is that you're surrounded by brand new, rich experiences. Everywhere you look, it's a brand new thing. That's one thing I realized was awesome about moving westward. Like I actually, I'd never had taken a road trip past west, past the Mississippi River from Memphis. I'd been in Arkansas a little bit, but never really like up to St. Louis and whatnot, but never have gone across the country. I just typically make the same fucking old drive from Memphis to Nashville, then north to Ohio, whatever, for powerlifting all those years I was traveling for that. Or I would go south to the beach or south to the east to go to Florida for a meet or for vacation or whatever. This was like the same fucking thing every mile. Like, you know what's coming ahead, and it couldn't be more painful by hour three, six, nine. That's when road trips are this really bad. The crazy thing about being off in the desert, like every second is like a new angle on a weird mountain or a cactus or a pile of rocks or, uh, or it's a really awesome Zen moment. Like, um, in East Texas, West Texas, rather, if you've ever been through West Texas, fuck, it's like being on another planet, you know, oil pumps everywhere and, um, a horizon and road that sort of zoom off straight as far as you can possibly imagine. Just fading off into a tiny, tiny dot, like zeroing out far, far, far ahead of you. Like everything is, fades out in this giant vision like all you can see is that distant point that just is not getting any closer it's like such a zen thing but all that was such a new powerful experience for me um but if you're ever unsure of like what to create you got to get a experience like that once you have the real experience your job then is whether it's through coaching or through writing or for uh for whatever it is you're doing um your job is only to convey experience you've had to the person you're working with. Like, I think that's something that's always helped me. Like, whenever I struggle to get a thing written, like, there's nothing special about writing. It's just how I'm, I'm communicating my experience. Like, it's all you can do as one person is to try to explain how you feel to another person and exp- explain what you've been through and what you've learned and what's worked for you. That's what you're doing if you're a coach. If you can't make a person feel why that's relevant, it won't really matter. Like, the rationale and the science or the, <laughs> the strategy of it, who fucking cares about that? But it's about experience. So if you're ever in a, if in a, in a quandary, and that's a kind of weird word to use. If you're ever not sure, if you're ever struggling, if you're ever like doubtful about what you're doing, what you're making, if you don't think the idea is good enough, I think one way to wash all that away is to do all you can to gather new experience. So if you're stuck, you can just at least go to a new surrounding, a coffee shop, uh, a park, uh, in a very extreme case, in a difficult case, and in, in for its own sake, I think doing difficult things is great because it's even more of an immersive, immersive, disruptive, stirring experience, right? But moving is the ultimate example of that, getting new experience. So that's the first thing you should do. When there's ever any doubt, get new experience, and pretty soon you'll feel what's the right thing to do. Uh, the second point I would make is all about the routines, man. 
fuck, if I had to say there's one lesson I've learned this year that's really honestly, stupendously, and ridiculously changed my life, as I pause to grab my, I'm drinking vodka tonight, by the way. This is vodka and grapefruit juice, and that's all. A little bit of ice, and it's really good. But I did it to knock the rest off, you know? Actually, it might be a little better than a tequila, dare I say. But right, I told you about the, the suckiest thing about fucking moving and the thing you got to account for is how much it disturbs all your daily rhythms and stuff. And one thing I've learned, uh, especially like in the last three months, is that you could always do more and more shit and come up with new ideas. Even if you can't sit on the beach dramatically smoking a taco, come up with a new fucking idea. Good for you, man. Good for you. That's fantastic. But the way more powerful thing is not to even worry about doing anything new. It's about to reinforcing the way you do things when there's any doubt about what you're doing. Uh, we've learned this recently on Barbell Shrugged. Like, uh, if you're curious about what I do, well, CTP and I and Charlotte, our new team member, she's come over from the UK and joined us. We are working now, actually, to make Barbell Shrugged fucking 10 times better in every creative way. Like, how do we make the best show as we can and keep evolving the thing? You know, we're planning episode 200 and stuff. We're really trying to we're trying to do new, exciting, or awesome things with Technique Wad and uh, Nuggets and Pearls, and I'm trying to get on my shit and get this show going again. All that's happening. How do we do that? We're not doing it by coming up with new ideas because God knows we don't need any more ideas, even though we keep trying to come up with new ideas, and CTP and I are the first ones to say, fuck, stop it with ideas. We can't help ourselves. It's just fun. But, you know, the more important, powerful thing for us to do now is to structure and to organize and to batch and to decide when and where we make stuff. So in this case, we have a, a structure going in place, a rhythm, a ritual where we only make certain content on certain days, basically piling up all the same kinds of actions and activities on certain days. So on Monday, it's always editing uh, these shows and me writing the notes for it. And then on Wednesdays, we're only going to record new episodes of shows and interviews and stuff. So we're kind of we're doing a kind of thing on a day. It's basically a simple batching technique that boosts your performance, right? A second example of that, a more practical example, is something that you should fucking definitely be doing. Not to tell you what to do, but you should definitely fucking be doing this. Is uh, morning ritual, man. Um, right now, I'm breaking the rules because I'm podcasting at 10 p.m. I shouldn't be doing that, but whatever. I'm a bad boy. But... Um, for the last couple of months, at the very latest, 11 p.m., but rounding down by 9 and getting into bed by 10 is usually the goal. But getting to bed early, setting an alarm to do that, and then getting up at 6 a.m., just like I was in grade school again, has been, surprisingly, despite my resistance, an amazing development. Uh, I've, we've interviewed people like Dr. Kurt Parsley. Uh, I've had the discussions with the guys. Like We all know why it's a good idea to do these things. The more you sleep, the better you recover. You instantly improve your hormone profile. Like if you're a guy, you're going to produce more testosterone. You're going <laughs> to be stronger in the gym. You're going to feel better. You have less joint pain. Your mood's going to be better. You're going to be more productive. If you think you only need six hours, you're wrong because if you get eight and you adapt to that, you see the difference. It's really no different than being drunk. Like you're having a drink and going, eh, I'm kind of drunk. I feel that. Tipsy. And then you're having two or three drinks and then going, ah, I feel fine. I can totally drive. You don't see how you're not okay to drive because on account of the alcohol, right? But in actuality, you're really not fit for it. And you don't only see the difference when, the, when you're sober, right? The same effect is in play when you sleep. You really don't have any clue. But I, I've seen this for myself now that I, I'm down at 10 and I'm up at 6. If I start immediately with, um, I floss my teeth in the morning, which my wife is like, really? 
all of a sudden, are you really doing this? Like, yeah, I haven't missed a day like in two months or three months. Uh, I floss my teeth. I take a shower and do my uh, uh, breathing exercises or basic meditation and shower. If you're looking for some kind of basic morning meditation thing, I would recommend you look on our YouTube page. YouTube page. Vodka. Stop it. YouTube page backslash barbell shrugged where the fuck it is. And search for uh, Mark Devine breathing exercise technique wad. You'll see some cool box breathing exercises that if you do that every day as part of a ritual, I would say do it as part of your morning ritual, but you really see a powerful effect of that. So anyway, my ritual is I clean my teeth. I take a quick shower. I meditate. I kind of get zen. I get out there. I make my coffee, uh, which in this case is still uh, like fatty coffee. I dump uh, my butter and my coconut fat in there. I make that every morning. I know it's a fad, but I still love it. And I, I drink it down. And then from there, my morning ritual of writing commences, which is I go from about, fuck, what is it? Um, probably 7 a.m. till 10 a.m. Usually that's how long it takes to write a thing and get it posted to the Barbell Shrug website. And then from there, my, the rest of my day sort of unfolds because for me, the most important thing I can do is get that communication out. And it's, writing is always, for me, the biggest challenge. And uh, another lesson I've learned this year, or last couple of years, is for people like Corey Gregory and uh, Joe DeSena, who would recommend that if you want to boost your productivity and be more of a motherfucker in all the best sorts of ways, then you should pick the number one thing you really don't want to do, you know, the number one thing you're dreading, and do that thing first fucking thing every morning. So for me, the hard thing, the thing I really need to get done, the thing I desperately, desperately need to have completed before I can go on to do anything else is that post. So that's what I take on right then, right after that ritual finishes. So I'd say if you don't have a, a daily ritual in place like that kind of thing, it could be anything, man. It's just, it sets a rhythm. It's like a drum beat. Um, you know what to expect by repeating these actions. You're getting your day going. You already fucking feel productive. And I got to actually give credit to Duncan Trussell, man. Uh, Duncan Trussell comedian who has an awesome podcast the Duncan Trussell Family Hour uh, he made a point on his show about how he figured he was just a kind of a night owl and that's what I always figured hey man I podcast at night I write at night that's when I do my best stuff and it's also when the family's asleep and I can have my quiet time and zen out and that's true but the simple truth you know <laughs> the simple fucking truth is that when you do anything out of sync with the rest of the world you're always going to feel it like you know, we do the same amount of work every day as anybody else. By doing it on the back end, you always feel like you slacked and put it off. At least that was my experience. And it can't help but bleed into the next day. And if you're staying up till 2 a.m., which is what I did for like three years in a row to write those silly books I wrote, <laughs> you do what you got to do for a while, right? But <clears throat> it's not something you can keep up, man. Like you can't, there's not like 80-year-old people who are burning the candle at both ends. At some point, you got to kind of tamp that down. So I think... Some recapping as I go along. I'm focusing now on getting new experiences because that's going to paint the, the path for me. It'll be obvious once I once I feel a certain way, I know that I'll have to express it. Uh, so the first thing is getting the feeling. The second thing is until you get your new daily rhythms in place. So until I have fully established my daily habit of the new morning ritual here, and then also going down to the water and getting a dip every day because <clears throat> fuck, why not? And then back in the habit of training. And once I know my training numbers are getting back where I want them, I'm feeling less awkward about uh, lifting and recovering from it, you know, like once I get good and settled in from this move, then I know I'm ready to sort of push forward, you know, because the rhythm makes everything fucking possible. 
And I'll say that leads into one more point I'm going to make. Again, this is a shorter podcast than I don't want to like pull anything. It's a little short. But my third point is, uh, I always have to remind myself too, like there, there is no need sometimes. Even though, like in, in my head at least, I always put a lot of pressure on myself to come up with like the next really impressive thing and the next big thing that I can do to the one up to the last thing I did. Not like on a grandiose, like, hey, what I do is so important on like a global level. Fuck, of course not. This is a silly thing. Maybe it is, but if you feel that way, it's weird. <laughs> but no, like I'll, you just, I just want to be like anybody. I want to make things I'm proud of, right? And I want to make it a little better than the last fucking thing I made. And there's a lot of pressure sometimes that you can put on yourself when you always got to think you got to like one up the last thing you did. It's not very fair to always beat yourself up. If there's anything I've tried to push a lot in recent years on this show and Barbell Shrugged and all, it's like it does you a lot of good when you quit making such steep demands of yourself. But I also think it helps when you return your perspective to something that's that's manageable, some kind of daily goal that you really can achieve, a small thing you can do, a measure of good. You make the world a little bit more like you, shaped a little bit more like you, a little bit, in this case, Chris-like, a little bit more like whatever it is you bring to the world to make it cooler uh, and, and it's a better place in your eyes. <clears throat> you can do little tiny things every day to make that happen. I've kind of arrived at that point, and it's the last kind of point I want to make because it leads me to back to Henry, Uncle Uncle Henry Rollins. But um, <clears throat> just this week when I was thinking about what I'd want to talk about, uh, I found a South by Southwest interview he just recently did. I guess that's in March of this year, so that's about the last time I did a podcast. Hey, all right. <clears throat> he was promoting a documentary that he just, not a documentary, he was in a movie where he was playing a guy who could never die. And he was sort of like conveying the emotional reality of how fucking bored out of your mind you would be if you had to keep living endlessly and doing other jobs and dealing with that mundane grind forever. Whatever. He was promoting that movie, but also just doing his thing, which is dropping fucking knowledge bombs left and right and just generally being awesome, right? So what he does is he gets this one point where he, he shares this clip about what it really takes to do something that's going to make you satisfied. And I couldn't help but fucking just serve that up as the last like culminating point because he makes the final points better than I could. And it's something that listened, listening to it uh, this week motivated me to kind of refocus on my fundamentals, which is there's never a need to go out searching for the next thing to do. You just got to do the next best thing you could do, even if it's a small thing, um, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel like satisfied. It, for me, it's just a small blog post. It's fucking uh, going to the beach and sitting and making the attempt to think of a good idea. It's sitting and doing this, in this case, 30-minute conversation with you guys. Small gestures add up, man. If you keep them up, um, in our case, for three years, that kind of rhythm and drum beats a powerful thing. And if you just are sharing your experience, there's nothing to it, man. All you got to do is set a rhythm where you're sharing your experience. You're making other people identify with it and feel it, and you're going to keep doing it. The drum beat will carry within three years. Who the fuck knows where that sort of thing could carry you? I mean, the four of us are living proof. I'm living proof. That can take you in wild, wondrous places. In this case, five minutes from shore, which is awesome. But let me let me pause quickly to play this clip from Henry because I think it's just fantastic, and we'll close from there, man. So, uh, Henry, why don't you take it away, dude? In about 30-some years in the independent world, you just have to be very tough and if you're not going to do something that's really good, that doesn't do something good for someone artistically or making them better or stronger or braver, 
screw you and do something else that does make the world better, makes the world safer or cooler or smarter or less homophobic or less racist or less misogynist. Otherwise, you're not ever gonna do anything of any worth and you know it, you know you're full of it and you'll never be able to approach what you're doing with the amount of velocity and vengeance and fury that you must to achieve the first step out the door. So unless you are coming from the complete good foot, we're done. I told you. <laughs> uh, i tell you what, we're gonna end on this thing. Do two things for me, because I'm gonna do it too. Tomorrow morning, establish and carry out a ritual, whatever makes you happy. You can fucking read a book, you can floss your teeth and stare in the mirror, you can take a hot shower, you can meditate, you can go for a walk on the beach or a walk down the street. You can do anything you want, as long as you can keep it up every day. It could be a quick, simple thing, it doesn't matter what it is, but do that, repeat it, create a rhythm. And then immediately after that, with a clear mind and open heart and stiff back and clenched fuck you fists, <laughs> you should take on the, the first, most important, best, awesome, even difficult opportunity you've got to do an awesome, important thing. The first fucking thing out the door. Whatever it is you dread, whatever it is you know is important, do it immediately. Uh, if you build the habit of doing that in one week, fuck all this like long-term thinking. <laughs> Not, not all the way. You need some of that. But fuck, fuck it for now. Uh, if you just do that, in a week you'll feel the effect of that. I, I promise you. So that's where we'll, we'll kick off, man. I'll probably see you again. We're going to chat next week. I'll have new things to say. We're getting back in the rhythm. I'm getting limber now. And I'm sure we'll have many, many a fun evening here in the new West Coast Red Room here. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, but anyway, man, see you next Friday night. It's going to be Friday night this week. We're adjusting our schedule. So get changed this Friday night. Uh, and so I'll see you next time. Do me a favor. Go on iTunes to get changed podcast. Leave a nice comment if you think I deserve it. If not, hey, okay. Don't break my heart. Why don't you? Uh, and, you know, five stars if you think it's cool. And I'd really appreciate it. That's how people will find the show. And also, you can go to barbellshrug.com, of course, and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, we send you nothing but the most awesome, dope, delicious stuff. And, of course, you can go any day of the week to barbellshrug.com and see awesome stuff that uh, we're just going to keep posting for you We will not stop The rhythm is everything uh, With that folks Until next time Cheers Peace Love Protein shakes And kettlebell swings And beach walks And spicy tacos I hope your taco lights better than mine <laughs> Later dude Let that devil Let that devil Let that devil Let that devil Let that devil